everybody welcome back to your favorite podcast episode number 16 of controlled chaos happy cyber monday owen how you doing oh i'm stocking up on all the best deals really where were you on amazon pack amazon best Bu- best buy pack sun target you name it i was there don't forget cyber monday ladies and gents it's a big day biggest day of the year not to be confused with the biggest weekend of the year so far which was a solid weekend we had in both basketball football and even boxing but first as always let's get started with music grammy nominations came out this week and i know you have a couple of passionate i uh, mean takes on that one i just like i think the grammys have never been a good you know judge in my opinion at least of what the best music is out there i mean this is the the people that gave macklemore uh, best rap album over Good Kid, Mad City. May we never forget that. Uh, they gave Megan Thee Stallion a Grammy for Invasion, of, or not Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B. My bad. Uh, a Grammy for Invasion of Privacy over Astro World. I mean, it's, it's it's nothing new, but this year I've got to say, The Weeknd not getting a single nomination is probably the worst snub that I've seen. But I mean, I I've like. There's a difference between making the wrong selection out of the nominations. They didn't even nominate anything off of After Hours. Blinding Lights receives no nominations. After Hours gets nothing. Probably the worst snub I've seen from the Grammys. Oh, it was terrible. I, you know, woke up early, saw the Grammy noms, and I was like, all right, let's see. I was like, I was waiting to see the weekend's name. I was like, this had probably the, one of the biggest played songs of the year in blinding yeah. light oh, absolutely i mean even when you get onto the deeper cuts of the album it's a solid album all the way around some might even say it's the weekend some of his best work mm-hmm. and he doesn't even get a nom yeah. like that doesn't make it's sense bad. to me and then harry styles who also had a good album he gets no love either it's yeah. it's very puzzling and, and to be fair harry did get a couple i know watermelon sugars uh nominated for one and i think fine line is in there for best i want to say pop vocal album a uh, couple other snubs I saw. Uh, the Strokes only got one nomination for uh, the new Abnormal. I think that deserved more. Rina Sawayama gets nothing. No nominations for her. Uh, Run the Jewels gets nothing. Not nominated for Best Rap Album, although I thought that was probably the best rap album of really the year. It was a really good album. I love that album, especially the time it came out. It was so pivotal, so important, like, lyrically. Uh, and then the other one that I was really, really disappointed in and kind of surprised me, honestly, because I know the Grammys likes to kind of honor, you know, the, the dead artists is Mac Miller not getting anything for circles. So I know, I know pop smoke is, is nominated for a couple, you know, it's not, it's not anything new for the Grammys to reward, not reward, but to nominate, you know, posthumous albums and not nominating circles to me, especially it being one of his better albums, just kind of, kind of surprised me too. With that being said, though, there I mean, there were some good picks in there. There were some picks I enjoyed. I know there's picks you enjoyed. Uh, uh, I love Jacob Collier. Yeah, you're know. a big fan of Jacob Collier. Yes. I liked the Black Pumas love for album of the year. Uh, I also liked the Haim nomination for album yeah, of the year. Yeah, I think it, it was a long time coming for Haim to get a good nomination in. And, you know, yeah. they had a really good album this year. And, yeah. you know, um, hopefully get some love. I don't know. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, I, I do think, to be fair to them, I think the best rap album category is pretty solid this year. 
I love the Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist nomination for Alfredo. Uh, mm-hmm. Good love for oh, the yeah. Alchemist. I know you're a I big like, Alchemist I, Yeah, I like the NOS. Uh, I feel like NOS deserved the nomination for King's Disease. I think the J Electronica and Jay-Z album, Written Testimony, that deserves the nomination. Uh, Royce the Five Nine and D Smoke. Uh, I'm not as big on those albums, but you know, they're they're good albums, and I do like the fact that they didn't just go like commercial hip hop for the best rap album. I mean, no, no Lil Baby, no Lil Uzi Vert. Like it was albums that I would say are better critically rather than commercially, and I think mm-hmm. that's what the Grammy should be about. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you got any other thoughts on on picks you liked? Oh no, I just I'm 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 a big fan of the Jacob Collier pick. Thundercat also got some love. Yeah, Thundercat got a nomination. Um, Time Alone with You featuring Daniel Caesar. If you if you've never listened, if you've never experienced that song, please do. Yeah. Uh but Jacob Collier is, I believe he already has a Grammy in his in his pocket. Yeah, he's already a Grammy winning, but yeah. uh just the way he sounds, it's a very unique sound and I'm a big fan of that. So, you know, overall it, it, it's just a disappointing for me. Yeah. Justin um, Justin Bieber getting like three nominations or something for for that shitty album is is pretty bad yeah post malone got a ton for no reason you could tell i mean at at some points it it just it's it's apparent that there's a sort of bias oh yeah um in the words of aisha curry these are rigged maybe i don't know in the words (laughs) 2016 nba finals bias from aisha curry um it's on the same level as adam sandler not getting nominated for uncut gems i think adam sandler should have got a nom for uncut gems but he didn't and you what know you this is about it this isn't a movie podcast but let's just say yeah. you watch uncut gems you will be blown away yeah literally and mentally um but yeah uh we'll see i don't know still and, hate the grammys yeah and there was still there was still uh something came out on tmz i don't know if it's credible or not because you know the weekend is doing the super bowl super bowls yeah. on cbs this year they grammys apparently also offered him to perform there and that's also on CBS and it was going to be too busy. They were trying to work it out. So maybe there yeah. was a little bit of bias there. I don't know if that's credible, but still, I mean, regardless if he plays or not, that was a really good album this year and did not, absolutely did not deserve. To and and I don't think else. they'll ever be able to prove that, but I mean, it's just another situation with the Grammys. We didn't really expect too much. I don't think, or at least I didn't, it's more of a surprised or not disappointed, not surprised kind of thing where like, I knew it was coming, but then when it came, I was still like, you know pissed off that that so many people did get snubbed but yeah i mean we could we could move on from that uh, i think we've touched on pretty much everything yeah go exactly. to go to some new music yes that dropped like this a, past week like a corday single oh yeah the parables mm. yes and i think that was on dot chaos radio this week if i'm not mistaken I it might have been i put that one in there i believe dot chaos radio as always check that out on our twitter at controlled chaos pod you can find it on apple music spotify 30 tracks updated every week uh 15 by one 15 by me shameless plug but yeah, Corday. We're, I'm here for Corday. Yeah. I really am. At any any time, he can drop whenever. I feel like this next album, whenever it does drop, is going to be some serious heat. I think uh, yeah, I think it will too. He's a ton of potential. He's the real deal, man. He's the real deal. Speaking of the real deal, Saba, a couple of singles. Uh, I forget what they were called. I know one of them was uh, Are You Down? Uh, I think part two. It had a Toby Lou feature on it. Uh, some some good some good stuff from Saba. Nothing crazy. It's just he, he's the kind of guy where you go into it knowing you're going to get something good. Like he doesn't really release a bad song. He just, you know, are, are you gonna get a good song? Or are you gonna get a great song? For me, at least. And I think we just got a couple of good songs here. Nothing mm-hmm. crazy about him. And you know, he's consistent. Yeah, and that's, that's a big thing. And then and, the Toby Lou feature is big too. You know, yeah. I, I'm new on the Toby Lou scene. Wasn't really a big fan of him. Kind of got into him a couple weeks ago, and you know, starting to mess yeah. with the sound. And speaking of guy, I just got into and a guy that's on the come up. We had an Aaron May feature. Yes. 
I don't even want to call it a feature. It was a, an Adidas type thing. It was with Jetson and OMB Bloodbath of yeah. Chase B fame. Uh, he had a feature on that song. It was, eh, you know, OMB Bloodbath. I mean, I, I, I'm loving the Houston pipeline, but still yeah. at the same time, I would have loved more Aaron May on that. I track. just, I just like hearing Aaron May in it because I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. OMB Bloodbath isn't really my, my thing. Not, nothing crazy. Uh, out, out of, out of Bloodbath, but. I think I think Aaron May definitely. Whenever you get a feature from him, it's always good to see. And then um, uh, going back to Saba, just real quick, he's dropped what now like four singles in the past couple yeah, months. Yeah, something has to be coming. Something's got to be coming soon. He had the Denzel feature, the Toby Lou feature. You got to think some of these songs are going to be on his next album. Hopefully, that comes sooner rather than later. Uh, speaking of features, we got another Kanye feature. Yeah, it was really weird. You know, St. John drops an album last week, then he goes in and there's a kanye feature like a week after yeah smack dvd i was like uh, and then, i didn't even really like the song either i know you and i both don't yeah, like saint john I, I don't like saint john and i really didn't i didn't really didn't like that kanye feature it sounded like something you you pointed out that it sounded like something off of watch yeah like, from like a watch type vibe but except like the i like some of the one-liners in watch that's the reason i like that song like the juice to vodka ratio line that, that one always mm -hmm. gets me uh like there there are one-liners in that song that make it fun to enjoy there's a good hook but like this song i don't know there was he he had the verse where he had like a like a pro-life bar in there something about like a thousand black babies dying every day i don't know i, I it's, it was, yeah, it was, it was it was still weird. yeah was we're like, still on the whole like pro-life anti anti-abortion you know killing babies every day thing with kanye and i don't know how to feel about that yeah and it was almost like you said you liked a couple of the one-liners off of watch and you know i did too it was like replace all that with like jesus walking yeah. you know just like, uh, it's like uh, no come on yeah come. i don't i really don't need that where is donda and yeah. you know the track wasn't produced by kanye as you can tell and then saint john man ugh, i don't know he actually performed at the tyson fight before uh snoop dog we'll get into that because yeah. that's that's a whole lot of funny stuff coming yeah. out that went down saturday night but uh yeah it was really weird to see that it's just like yeah. yeah saint john not a big guy not a big fan had a couple albums drop this week too yes, miley exactly. cyrus plastic hearts came out i i i know she said it was gonna be a rock album coming into it and i was kind of hoping it would be more like a 90s scene rock album yes, kind of like, like a grunge rock because i think her voice suits that so well like the raspiness in her voice i was hoping for like a nirvana type beat almost where where it kind of sounded like some of their work but then not exactly what i got i think it wasn't a bad album by any means there were some songs on it i liked for sure but uh not really what i was hoping for from the miley cyrus album um i i don't know it, it wasn't it wasn't my my cup of tea that's all I'm yeah and I, I was going in expecting some stuff like malibu you know when she was dropping that type of like i was like dang this is good music and you know i really didn't we really didn't get that with this album but you know at least she's dropping you know yeah i mean it's that. it's not it's not anything bad for sure I, it's it's better i think she's on a positive trend it, overall in her career because i know she went the disney route and i don't think you really you know rate that type of music or, or really compare that type of music to what she's dropping now just because for that it was you know the whole hannah montana thing like you know she's this she's this country girl billy ray cyrus's daughter all that and i think she's just gone a completely different route and is becoming her own celebrity which i like a lot but with that being said i mean it wasn't really my favorite album yeah same but you know we had a slow tie feature we on did the, on the ag tracy ag tracy EP. ep shout out shout out the uk rap scene there you go but uh kid. my i i gotta say my favorite album of the week was 
an album that Cat actually put me onto. It was a it's a smaller artist, Dante Thomas. Dante Thomas with the album How You Like Them Apples, and it's it's a really interesting concept for me on the on the album. It's a ten song or something like short album, like less than thirty minutes, and every song's title is about like apples, like apple fritters, apple turnovers, apple juice. Like I was I was listening to the album and I was like hungry, like I wanted to eat some apples. But with that being said, I like the album quite a bit. It's not anything crazy. But for how young and how unpopular this guy is, he has like less than 30,000 monthly listeners or something. It was a solid album. There was a Red Veil feature on it that I enjoyed. Oh, uh, wow. The uh, the kind of idea of the album or the sound of the album overall is very similar to Red Veil. It's kind of like a he's another one of the younger like Earl Sweatshirt prodigies, Ooh, basically, yes. like experimental hip hop, kind of getting into like lyrical spiritual rap. But I, I did enjoy it quite a bit. I think the production could have been better, but like the raw talent is definitely there. There were some great verses, some good hooks. Uh, I enjoyed listening to that. Really? So you, the album was about apples? I I don't I don't know. It, like every song was about apples. There was Big a, Manzana fan. I, I gotta remember. Yeah, dude, the first song is literally called La Manzana. There you go. And then and then it goes into like other other types of apples. I know the next song was Apple Watch. It had apple turnovers, sparkling apple juice. It was great apples everywhere wow i guess that's his like favorite fruit i mean yeah, it's know? it's top three for me probably and then the apples is all in all caps oh yeah i yeah. will say i'm definitely gonna check that out probably gonna see that one on dark chaos radio hey, how you like them apples really wow good stuff and uh all bops no stops 10 songs yeah. 26 minutes there you go absolutely talking about all bops we'll close but... out music with this we had kid cuddy drop another tweet he's building up for man on the moon three mm-hmm. he tweets out that this album is 10 years in the making and i'm hype i am actually like really hype for yeah. this because cuddy is cuddy's that boy so yeah, i'm pretty excited for it i mean for him to say that i think when it drops is going to be something special i mean he's next to he did stuff with eminem did stuff with travis scott this year so oh, yeah, I, I forgot feeling, about that eminem song. yeah i know it seems like so long ago but but yeah, of course, I have the Scots yeah. song of the year. So I'm thinking, like, even if we don't have the like Travis Scott Kid Cudi album joint album, I feel like this is gonna have a lot of solid features, and I think it has the possibility to be one of the early contender for best album of the decade. Bold take, mm. bold, bold, bold take. Certified Super hot take. take. But I mean, unless Kanye dropping Donda anytime soon, <laughs> until Kendrick drops, I got I got my. You hopes forgot up about Certified Lover Boy. Oh yeah, I forgot about Certified Lover Boy from Jacob. So we'll see. It's gonna be really interesting, but ten years in the making. I mean, that's that's a lot of moons. That's many moons oh, yes. for the man on the moon. So that's what we got for you in music, man. And you know, we can get into it. You know, I went in this week, and I was like, okay, so we have this Tyson fight on Saturday. There's gonna be a lot of fights going on as we close out the year. And you know, Canelo's got to fight. Everybody's got to get their fights in. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, Tyson Jones Jr. Like, okay, these guys are old, but you know, it's still Mike Tyson. Like, I've never seen Mike Tyson. Yeah. That box. that was kind of the whole intrigue for me too. Is I've never seen Mike Tyson fight. Like, live. I've heard about it. I've seen replays. I haven't seen it live. Yeah. And even though he's 51, I mean, I see him in the Hangover and stuff like that. And, you know, funny stuff. But. I think the undercard was the funniest part of the night. Absolutely. It stole the show. I mean, going in, there was Jake Paul was trending on Twitter because he said COVID's a hoax, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Just saying stuff, clickbait stuff, so he can possibly shock factor whether he believes that or not. I don't know, but highly doubt he gets clicks for saying guys playing 4D chess with the way he gets all those kids to listen to his stuff. Anyway, all that being said, Nate Robinson of Slam Dunk fame goes into the ring with Jake Paul snoop dog on commentary 
and Nate Robinson went to sleep. Dude, I've got to say, whoever, I, first of all, I, I kind of saw it coming. I was watching it with some friends. We were, we were kind of talking about it, and I wanted Nate Robinson to stand a chance, but like the reach difference in that fight was so ridiculous. Yeah. Like he really just didn't stand a chance going into it. And then whoever Nate Robinson's trainer is, I'm sorry, he needs to go to jail. His name whoever whoever taught him the fight did it wrong because he did every single thing wrong in that fight and i'm not a professional fighter and i know there are a lot of people who are like oh you want to make fun of nate robinson you go step in the ring like no i'm not going to do that but i'm going to say objectively nate robinson's technique in the ring was some of the worst i've ever seen it was he literally would just like run straight at jake paul and like take a couple swings and miss and then jake paul just slumped him one time Oh, it was crazy. Uh, Francisco Paco Reyes, his trainer, yeah, no, I... says after the fight that he was all good, but he wasn't all good for about <laughs> yeah, no, a minute or was, two minutes. He was, he was on the canvas. It was it was in the second round too. He didn't even make it that deep in the fight. He was just getting abused. And, you know, I I kind of wanted Nate Robinson to win just because I just want Jake Paul to same. shut up. Yeah, but absolutely. at the same time, I mean, he went to sleep. Yeah. And the best part is in the background you get snoop dogg singing church hymns <laughs> as he's on the that floor was so good it's like you know i was like and then Yo. dude the best part about that fight too honestly was twitter afterwards oh man twitter as soon as twitter knocked out, absolutely it seemed like everybody him. in the united states was watching this yeah. fight if you cared you were watching this fight. and i doubt anybody bought the fight there's a lot of illegal yeah, streams uh, yeah absolutely not gonna say <laughs> encourage it but i mean let's be real 40 bucks for a bunch of 50 year olds fighting yeah, it was really a waste of money real. but Jeez, man. It was just the memes and stuff like that. There was like a, <laughs> so a Robinson challenge. He went through the five stages of Twitter fame in like 30 minutes. It was so yeah, funny. It was... People falling on the floor. Drewski's making, you know, memes and stuff. Yeah. It was amazing. And all that happens as we lead up to Tyson and Jones. You get a, like a 15-minute Snoop Dogg performance. Yeah. And then you get into the fight. And it was kind of like a snooze. It was an absolute sleeper of a yeah, fight. It, it was a snooze fest. I mean, there were, there were moments. I mean, yeah. And it just gets back to the point. Snoop Dogg won that entire night. Yeah, oh, yeah. Snoop Dogg was the only thing that kept me going during that fight. Because the fact that they were both 50, I mean, I wasn't expecting too much in terms of, like, actual, you know, stamina. And I've got to say, Mike Tyson lasted pretty well for, for eight rounds of two minutes each. Uh, Roy Jones, not as much. He, he struggled at the end. You could tell he was kind of grabbing onto Tyson just to stay up. But Snoop Dogg talking about how it looked like they were like two uncles fighting at the barbecue. Yeah, that was funny. I, that shit had me dying I was, while I was, I was watching. I, that was literally the only thing that was actually giving me any form of entertainment during the fight. They squabbing, they squabbing. And there's like <laughs> Sugar Ray Leonard and whoever the play-by-play guy was. He was trying to entice Snoop. And Snoop was just there. He was doing what he has to do. You know, the yeah. fight fight sponsored by Weed Maps. I mean, it was just <laughs> it was, it was perfect. And yeah. then the news comes out uh, this morning that Mike Tyson smoked weed before the before the fight it's like yo i mean this is just wonderful it was great yeah it was was amazing it was was just such a weird it was such a 2020 thing and then for the whole thing to end in a draw because i was literally like i was watching the fight and i think everyone watching the fight saw tyson as the winner jones was jones almost it was it was bad (laughs) but dude i was watching here like here's the thing i'm gonna like i i will put this all on god before i start talking i was watching the money line go out throughout the game or throughout the throughout the fight and in like round seven tyson was like a minus five thousand favorite and roy jones was like plus 1300 in vegas and i was like man 
I'm putting my money on Roy Jones with that right now because I was looking at the live scoring at the bottom and one judge had it clearly for Tyson and one judge had it pretty clearly for Jones. And then the third one, it was like a one point difference going into the final round. And I was like, man, I'm putting my money on Roy Jones here. That last judge, no matter what happens, is going to give Jones the win in the final round and it's going to end in a draw. And like, I was, I was actively saying that, like I was convinced by the middle of round eight, this is a draw. Yeah. Even though, even though it was clearly it, a Tyson it, it, victory. It kind of seemed, it really did seem kind of scripted. Eh, I don't want to say I, scripted. You know, it, I, I texted you this. This is exactly what boxing has come to. And it yeah. starts with the Canelo G, Triple G. I mean, with that being a draw, that was annoying. Yeah. And, and all that, it, it, it's just like, you got to pick a winner. You got to find a way to pick a winner because people are in, but not only investing money, they're investing, you know, time into watching Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Only for, you know, you call the draw and stuff like that. I mean, it was clear Tyson won. Yeah. I mean, Jones was, he got some shots. Yeah. Off. I mean, he had some energy in the eighth round, but I mean, he was, I, I gotta say, on, yeah, like, with the, with the whole idea of it being an exhibition, the guys are like 51 and I think Tyson's actually like 54. Yeah. He's, he's mid fifties. They're both, you know, over gassed. the half century mark. They were both gassed in that fight. I want to, I, I don't want to believe this, but I think it's probably true. I think they had some sort of agreement before the fight that they weren't going to like, you know, that they wanted to at least try to go the distance. Like yeah, they didn't want to beat the hell Mike, out of each I other. I think Mike could have knocked him out. I think so too. I think bro. I definitely think so. And you know, you look at how much money they got for the fight too. Tyson got like 10 mil for it. Roy Jones got like three mil. Like Tyson has nothing to gain from mm-hmm. just beating the shit out of Roy Jones. Exactly. And and I think it probably was something along those lines where he at least said like, you know, I'm going to let you get to the eighth round or, or, or something along those lines. Cause obviously the body shots throughout were tough for Jones to take. Oh, man. I mean, but like, even at 54, that's what that was the main yeah. thing for me to watch. I was like, even at 54, that that one punch power just doesn't go away. Yeah, and it didn't. And yeah, I mean, and he, his ribs are still gonna. He's shot. still gonna feel I, like I mean, he I'm got sure hit by a bus. Like, yeah, he probably woke up this morning wondering what happened. And I was yeah, jeez. Like, but you know, was it worth forty dollars? Heck no. But you know, next week we got Errol Spence Jr. and then a couple weeks from now, of course, Canelo is gonna yeah. be back in the ring at the Alamo Dome, which is gonna be good to watch. So more more actual boxing. You know, I yeah. feel like boxing fell off but i hope it's trying to make a comeback because yeah. i i legitimately like i mean fight and it's it's not for the weary yeah I mean, it, it's a, it's a sport and honestly i i like just continuing off of how bad the actual fights were last night the winner of that night was triller probably yeah you see triller was up to like 12th on the apple yeah exactly. on the app store charts today like behind netflix or something like triller transformed its brand like overnight basically at least at least for the time being because of that recency and i'm sure they they put a lot of money oh in yeah the i'm fight. sure they but, paid I mean, a ton it's gonna sponsor, pay off dividends yeah i think so too but yeah two big winners of the night triller you know actually three triller weedmaps.com and the boy snoop and d-o-w-g snoop yeah because he was everywhere was it and like that's one thing you put snoop in any situation oh yeah and it's a good situation there, and like he's literally just getting paid to be himself like he doesn't have to change who he is for these events they literally just pay him to show up and then just say all right be yourself yeah and, and it's so easy for him yeah because he just all he has to do is uh, yeah it's, it's literally effortless. he's literally just funny the way he is like it's effortless so yeah Man, what a crazy night. That was that was yeah. funny. It was such a 2020 thing, too. Oh, yeah. But we'll get into NCAA football. I know you don't want to talk about it. No, nah, it's, it's okay. I'm over it. Iowa State. <laughs> hey, it's Hudson card time. We're looking forward to the future. Ellinger, I was big on him at the start of the season. Still love him to death, but I got to say, 
too many bad mistakes at the end of that game. Tom Herman's coaching, play calling, whatever in the in the last five minutes of that game was awful. Oh, it was terrible. UT should have won that game. They didn't. Uh, Ellinger taking that sack at the end uh, to move it back to a 57-yarder rather than – it would have been like 50 for Dicker. And Dicker had the leg on it too. Mm-hmm. He did. It just pushed left at the end. It was – I mean, I don't know. Uh, it never should have got to that point in the first place. UT was up two scores in the fourth quarter. Yeah, just quarter. a bunch of unforced errors. Yeah, for them. absolutely. And, you know, Iowa State is that really? You know, I mean, they look Texas look like the better team. Oh and yeah, absolutely. I, and I, Iowa State was literally just the better coach team. Exactly. And that's another thing with the Big Twelve, man. It's just such a they're just cannibalizing oh, yeah. each other. And, and I don't know if at this point I don't even know if this is a hot take, but I think the combination of this game. And the Penn State-Michigan game this past weekend where Penn State got their first win of the season against Michigan at the Big House, I think Matt Campbell is the next head coach of Michigan. I think Harbaugh is on the way out at the end of the season. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And I think their top hire right now is Matt Campbell from Iowa State because that guy is a hell of a coach. He's a hell of a ball coach. Hell of a ball coach. You, you You can tell. They were talking about on the broadcast a ton. You can tell. The Iowa State locker room is strong. Mm-hmm. Like that is a locker room that is built together. It's full of a bunch of team players. Yeah, and you know that team they they've been they've been in the mix with a lot of upsets oh, over the years. And I for a guy in Harbaugh, you can tell the culture is off at Michigan for yeah. whatever reason. Jordan School, whatever you wanted to call about that, but it is clear that there's a disconnect in the locker room. The team isn't playing for each other. Yeah. They they feel like they're you know royalty when you're not royalty oh, yeah. when you're one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. So I, I would love to see him just a, a guy that's gonna bring in a culture. And I think that's what UT did when they hired Tom Herman. You know, mm-hmm. Herman comes into U of H, they created a culture. I mean, this team was knocking on the door of a playoff berth for the longest time, and of course they didn't get it. Yeah. And you know, they had it for a moment. You know, the Sugar Bowl victory is obviously going to be that big. was the that was the highlight of the Herman era, and it's been downhill since. And it's just when is that spark going to reignite? Because it's not like they're yeah. missing talent. The talent's there. Oh no, absolutely. It, I mean, even you know, we lost Quinn Ewers, uh, best quarterback recruit for UT since Vince Young. It was going to be literally one of our best signings ever. He decommits, goes to Ohio State. Huge loss for Herman. That in itself warranted Herman to be fired for me. I mean, I don't know if it's anything he specifically did that he wasn't able to bring in Ewers. But when you have a kid, I, I forget which Austin high school it is, but it's one of those that just breeds quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, it, one of them, like West, I think he goes to South Lake Carroll, oh, yeah. which which has brought some ML or some NFL players before. But, you know, when you're a kid growing up in Austin and you're that good and you don't commit to play football at UT, that's a sign that there's something wrong with UT because mm-hmm. you have to get those guys. Those are once in a, in a decade where the best player in the country is in your city it's such a big football city of austin like austin such a huge f- culture for ut football and you don't get him that's a sign that things it, are it, off. It, that can't happen you yeah. know and you know on the other side of the football not to change subject but on the other side of the rivalry you had you know this would be a week that texas would be playing texas a&m yeah and that didn't happen a&m played lsu on saturday and you know another ugly game a very very ugly game but you see with jimbo fisher that team willed out a victory absolutely um and i i think texas a&m is going to be scary for years to come because this is just like when the brian kelly era started at notre dame it you got to get your own guys in you got to recruit your yeah. own class and mm-hmm. you know fisher's able to get some of his guys in a lot of freshmen are in jalen weidermeyer of course caleb chapman of clearbrook fame oh, yes. other 
players and even CJ Spiller, who they had a little story going on during the game. Spiller's from Bryan College Station area. His dad went yeah. to A&M. He was really committed to go to Ohio State, I believe. Oh, yeah, Isaiah Spiller. Yeah, Isaiah or No, Spiller. I think he was committed to Oklahoma. Yeah. He was committed to Oklahoma. He was committed to OU and ultimately decommits, comes and goes to A&M. And it's all about getting your homegrown talent. Yeah, If you, if you can't absolutely. recruit around your, your city and your area, you're going to do a disservice. Yeah. Like, if Notre Dame can't recruit in Indiana, yeah, they're and they, not going to be a good team. I, I mean, South Bend has so many, like so many of those guys on that Notre Dame roster are from the South Bend area, exactly. or from the Indianapolis area. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but South Bend breeds like tight ends and offensive linemen, and that's Corn why fed boys. Oh yeah, and that's why Notre Dame is tight end you slash offensive line you. They use that homegrown talent, mm-hmm. and it takes boys. them places. It's big boys, but you know it was a very ugly win yeah. for A and M. They they remain at five in the AP poll. And hey, it's gonna be it, like I mean, if we want to get into it too, yeah, with the CFP. Ohio State had another game canceled this week, and I think it's honestly getting kind of ropey for them. Exactly. We talked about it last week, and, you know, if you want to be in consideration to be in the playoff, you've got to play football games. You yeah. can't just play five, six games and call it a day. Yeah. And, and it was getting into the danger zone for them because mm-hmm. if they miss out in one more game, they're not eligible for their conference exactly. championship. So that would have given them an yeah, for that, For that, at least – to me makes them a non-factor or if if i'm on the college football playoff committee that makes them a non-factor for me if they are you know whatever they are like five and oh is what they would be or six and oh whatever if they have no conference championship victory they have like one top 25 win against indiana and they barely pulled it out i don't think you can warrant putting ohio state in the playoff if they don't win the big 10 championship just Mm -hmm. because i think that's the nature of it if you have an ACC champion that's definitely taking up a spot, whether it's Notre Dame or Clemson. You have Alabama, who's cemented their spot in after just rolling over Auburn this past week. Uh, and then you've got probably, as a third, Notre Dame, assuming they don't get blown out by Clemson in the ACC championship. So probably two ACC teams. Does that fourth go to a, an Ohio State team that didn't even play in their conference championship? And I don't think that can be the case. I don't think and it does you either. can even make that discussion for A&M as well. Yeah. A&M their is, only losses to Bama. Their only losses to Bama and they have a legit unless Bama lays another egg or two more eggs, they're not going to they're not going to play in their conference championship. So it gets to a point where it's like do you take an Ohio State team who's undefeated, didn't play in their conference championship game, only played 5 games or do you take an A&M team or even Cincinnati how do they factor in that or, or Florida? Because Florida will go to the SEC yes, championship, they, I mean, yeah, and so, they'll essentially be playing against Bama to get in. That'll be playoff. a play-in game, essentially. Yeah, I mean that that would simplify things completely. Where if Ohio State isn't able to go to their conference championship and Florida plays Bama, it's essentially Florida wins, they're in. Florida loses, you've got a little bit more to think about. Either A and M with one loss, possibly Cincy undefeated. Uh, but Cincy also had their game this past week canceled. But that's you know they still are eight. Yeah, and they, yeah, right they now. still they've played they've eight played games. games. And I think that was the main issue with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 was yeah. you're starting so late, you have no wiggle room yeah. because if, if you can't play a game, it's going to be canceled and it's not going to get made up. And yeah. that I mean the Pac-12, their their chances are shot now. Oh yeah, Oregon. we we called that too. Yeah. I mean the past couple weeks we've been looking at. I think it was CBS Sports had Oregon yeah, in the playoff Jerry like Paul, every week. What, are you, what, what type? And, of and we were like, no, there's okay. there's no way Oregon's making it in over Notre Dame, and Oregon goes out and loses the highlighter bowl to Oregon State. You, the jerseys in that oh game gosh. were great. It was like it green was against orange. Beautiful. Yeah, it was absolutely immaculate. And I think without them, they probably wouldn't have been able to see each other with that fog at that game. Yeah, that was it was crazy, crazy fog. But I think the, the big part of that game, they go, so Oregon State had the ball. They're on the goal line. They push it in. It's not in. And 
their quarterback did the quarterback sneak. He gets hurt. They brought in their backup quarterback on fourth and goal to win them the game, and he ended up... With those offsides calls, or non-calls on that drive, too, there were two offsides on Oregon that didn't get called. I mean, it was... It was such an ugly final possession. I'm glad that Oregon State was able to pull it out because yeah, if they didn't win that game, they got screwed out of it by the officials. Yeah, most definitely. So it was a big win for them. And yeah, just, huge win for that program because they've been off of the map really since Sean Mannion was their quarterback. How, how long was that? That <laughs> was know? a while like, ago. Come on. But yeah, it was a big win for them and just Pac-12 in general, man. They're, they're going to cannibalize yeah. themselves. So and Not only that, but they're still not playing games. Mm-hmm. Arizona quality, State's played one yeah, game. We played one game. We get a notification that we're under the lights in Tempe yeah. next week against UCLA. I don't even know that game's going to get yeah. played. I mean, Washington-Washington State was supposed to happen this week. Doesn't happen because of Washington State having an outbreak. Washington flexes in Utah like two days before the game. And It's it, just so ridiculous. You can't be that unpredictable. I mean, I, we talked about the whole BYU thing. And, you know, BYU, they're, they're going to actually probably play a full season. Yeah, without having to deal with COVID, but I don't know, man. I, I I don't see them in a route to the CFP. Their big victory is what, Boise State? Yeah. Um. So I, I don't see them with an opportunity. And even Sensi, it's yeah. going to take a lot for Sensi to get in. There's so many scenarios. We've gone over them multiple, yeah. multiple times. I mean, North Northwestern's no longer a factor. Yes. They and lost as well. That was so sad. I mean, after coming off of such a program decisive win um, against Wisconsin, you had Pat Fitzgerald go in, and they, they just got outplayed. Yeah. Simple. Simply put, they just Peyton got Ramsey, Indiana transfer, did not look too good. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of glad he transferred out, honestly, after that game. Yeah, it was not. It was sad. Yeah. And, you hey, know, it, it's still not a bad time to be a Northwestern no, fan. No, it's not. I mean, there, there's no, nothing is holding the road. The road to the Big Ten Championship is still wide open for them. They're competing with Wisconsin, and I, I think the other team up there is Iowa. Well, I don't think Wisconsin can qualify. And Was- uh, Yeah, Wisconsin at this point I don't think can qualify. So it's between them and Iowa who's like one game behind them. And, I think we'll see they, how that plays if out. If they find their way into the Big Ten Championship, if they can, can at least get into a major yeah, bowl. I mean, New major bowler, if they find a way to knock off Ohio State, that that's major for them. You know, that's such a reach. That's yeah, I still don't see them in the playoff, even if they did that. I think they're pretty much eliminated. Yeah, I mean, they, they point, won't but, be in the playoff, but I mean, but, the, I mean the, that, yeah, that's yeah, their New Year's Super Bowl is wide open. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they could find themselves, I don't know, Fiesta Bowl bound. Who knows? Hey. But uh, yeah, the semifinals are Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl this year, so that'll be interesting, yeah. especially for a Notre Dame team. I mean, they really fit in. Imagine Notre Dame and Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, that's what I was talking to you about. I mean, that is that is that is ultimately ideal. optimal. That's the goal situation. But I was really hoping for Texas to win just so that we could have an outside chance at a Texas Texas A and M Cotton Bowl. Yeah, that's not going to happen. You know, A and M wins out, they're going to find themselves in a New Year's Six. Absolutely. And Texas is pretty much playing yeah. for UT is not up to bar at this point. Alamo Bowl, Texas Bowl, whatever one yeah, you want. So we'll it'll be interesting. But yeah, staying in the Big Ten, I want to talk about IU really quick. We mentioned one IU quarterback, but I, Indiana beats Maryland to his younger brother playing quarterback for Maryland. They they kind of blew him out. I mean, it was it was an ugly game, twenty seven to eleven, I think was the final score. But just overall, kind of an ugly game. And uh, Michael Penix, after throwing for basically five hundred yards against Ohio State, goes down in this game. Non contact injury did not look good. I'm not sure if he'll be back anytime soon. So it's Jack Tuttle season. Big Tuttle time. Hey, he's a he, hey. I mean, he's not. He's honestly not bad. He was a really highly recruited player coming out of college. Had offers from Bama. Uh, I want to say like Georgia, Oregon, USC, some of the top schools in the country. He he went to Utah. Uh, got put pretty far down on their depth chart. I know he wanted to be the starter and uh, got put behind another freshman on the depth chart. Decided to transfer and uh, came to Indiana. And I guess it's paying off because now he's playing quarterback for the number ten team in the country. Who's about to be. If Ohio State has cancellations, 
playing for a Big Ten championship because mm-hmm. Indiana's the next step up. I mean, can you imagine an Indiana Northwestern Big Ten championship? Electric. That would be, who would have predicted that? Under the lights of Lucas Oil Stadium. God, that would be beautiful. Gus Johnson on the call, too. That'd be oh, wonderful. Wow. I'd be a big fan of that. Oh, absolutely. That's that's my ultimate goal. And Indiana's, I mean, it came at the perfect time for Tuttle, not at the right time for Indiana fans, because Indiana next week has Wisconsin. That's essentially their biggest game of the year, uh, assuming they don't go to the Big Ten championship. Exactly. And if they if they win this game, they are a legitimate contender for a New Year's Six Bowl, I think. And that's so crazy to think about. This whole year has been so crazy to think about. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully, best of luck to Penix. Hopefully he can find his way back on the field. But, yeah. you know. It was crazy, too. I was I was looking at uh, Vanderbilt fired their coach after the game Saturday. Shout mm-hmm. out, shout out oh, to Vanderbilt out kicker, Sarah, by the way. Shout Sarah out Sarah Fuller. Fuller. Breaking boundaries. Yeah, big fan that of that. Badass. Here for that. But uh, after Vanderbilt fired their coach after that game, which I thought was kind of funny because they couldn't, they literally couldn't get her any points. They yeah. couldn't get her in a position to kick a field goal. I was or an following extra point. that game. Yeah, just, I was so I, pissed like, off. Who who wants to watch Vanderbilt football? Yeah. And, the closest, you know, not yeah. me. Oh, no. And I was watching. I was like, good God. How are they They're in the so SEC? Bad. They're awful. How are they in the SEC? I, hot, I don't even know if it's a hot take at this point. They're worse than Kansas. They're Ooh, worse than Kansas. They're, they're the worst Power Five team. Clorox Toilet Bowl. They're Kansas so versus bad. Vanderbilt. Who's down? I'm but bad. the Jeez. Vanderbilt fired their coach, and I was looking in the ESPN article that had like potential head coaching candidates. I know Jeff Fisher was on the list, which I can understand. Tennessee guy. Yeah. Kind of a kind of a you know big the, name to go after. The definition of mediocre. Yeah. I, I know Clark Lee was on the list. Uh, Notre Dame defensive coordinator. And he played at Vandy yeah. too. And then the one that surprised me, they had Tom Allen as a potential candidate. I do not see yeah, Tom that, Allen leaving no Indiana why, anytime. Why so. would you leave one mid-tier, all due respect, mid-tier oh, no, Big Ten I, program yeah, to completely. another or even a lower tier SEC yeah, program? He's in the middle of his rebuild right yeah. now. Indiana is not where they want to be. I guarantee you the people in that locker room don't think they've reached their ceiling yet. And I don't think Tom Allen leaves until they reach that ceiling. Mm-hmm. Just, just, I, just I, like UCF and Scott yeah, Frost. Yeah, exactly. I mean, why, why build something up and then leave before you actually see the the fruits of your labor? Exactly. But I do see if Clark Lee finds his way onto Vanderbilt's sidelines next year, that's just going to be another line of Notre Dame coordinators Absolutely. finding their way. Bob Diaco to Connecticut. Yeah. Um, a lot of others. It's it's just crazy to think of. There's such a pipeline Notre Dame. It is, really is. But Notre Dame's coaching staff. Yeah, but I, it was hey. so hard to watch. I wasn't even watching the game. I was I literally just following. I was like, okay, let me see if they're in field goal range. Field goal. They never got past the 45 yard line. I don't think they they're were closest. Never close. They got to like the I want to say it was like the 33 yard line was the closest they had, and they had like a fourth and four, and they ran this like shovel pass play where they like shovel pass it to the running back, and he was in the middle of like five defenders. It was so ugly to it's watch. Terrible, terrible, terrible football. But yeah. you know, we talk about Notre Dame. We didn't even get into their game against North Carolina yeah. with Kirk and Chris on the call. Oh, yeah. It was the big game on a Friday Classic. afternoon. And it was eh, but yeah. it was good at the same time. They handled them. It really yeah. wasn't. It was it was close for a minute yeah. there in the fourth quarter. North Carolina had a chance to tie, but I know like it wasn't a super entertaining game, you know, actual gameplay wise. What I thought was really funny was just hearing Kirk and uh Chris on a Notre Dame call. And I was telling you, like the last time I remember those guys on a Notre Dame call was that Notre Dame Michigan game oh, with the with the Eminem yes. interview at halftime. OG Eminem that was just totally blasted out of his <laughs> mind on that. One of the best moments of in all of national television man over the past just decade. Standing there, that oh, was a, that man. was such a good interview. Because you know Notre Dame, they're either on NBC or their away games never really that big. You know, yeah. They they'll whenever they do get a big away game, Kirk and Chris are obviously on the call. Yeah. But, you know, and I want to say I think it was actually 
Notre Dame, Michigan, I want to say it was Kirk and Musburger. Yeah, it was. I want to say OG Musburger, Musburger days. was in it. Because Musburger, Musburger was wow. confused. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, that but was that was what I thought was funny. They handled business. And I, it was really good to hear some other people talk about Notre Dame. Absolutely. Ian Book played a weird but good game. There was a, a pass he made to, was it Skoranek that? Oh, he, yeah, that little like flip. No, it was Mike was Meyer. He, he flipped it to Mike Meyer just out of nowhere on some yeah. Mahomes. He had a couple of those plays. Just crazy. And, you know, he, I hot take i don't know but he's gaining some heisman traction oh he i was me. about to say the exact Dark same thing he's, I, I would put him top five if not top three right now yeah i, I think mean, trask is still trask doing is enough to hold on to one. one he's a runaway right now but i would put book in but after that Najee harris is up there and book is up there and a lot of people are hyping up mac jones of course alabama yeah. had the iron bowl on saturday they easily took care of auburn and i, I went into the, the game water. expecting more of a fight out of auburn there was no fight nah. whatsoever alabama five, controlled that mac jones threw five touchdowns like it was nothing yeah, there's a lot of hype on Mac Jones to get on the Heisman train, but when you have the two best receivers in college football, you should be yeah. making those plays. And they they to be fair to him, they don't have Jalen Waddle anymore, but he they literally just I mean, they still have two of the top ones in the country with Devontae Smith and uh John Mechie. Exactly. Like those are literally two of the best guys in the country. And I I mean I get what you're saying, but I at the same time, I think the fact that he has Najee Harris as his running back kind of hurts both of them. Because mm-hmm. you can't I it's rare. I think it could happen this year where you have two players from the same team. They're going to be on the Heisman watch list slash like, you know, possibly even a semifinalist. But Can you imagine them both going to Radio City. That's I mean, what I'm saying. It's it going to happen. Be, it's going to be virtual. But could you imagine them both being on the same? Yeah, it genuinely could that happen. It would be crazy, crazy. I think right now the top three are Trask, Mac Jones, and I think the third is either Book or possibly Najee Harris. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Trask, Najee Harris, and then Book because I just yeah. I think the hype for Mac Jones is kind of over. I think it, I think it is a little. It's kind of like getting hype for AJ McCarron yeah. on the Heisman yeah. back in that day. I mean, he, look at the weapons he had, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. So and at this point too, it's becoming hard to even put some of these other guys in the conversation because going back to Ohio State, Justin Fields is yeah. falling it? out of the Four Heisman five talk. Games. His and last then, ta- his last game that he actually played, and he threw three picks, and then since then he's had a game canceled. They're they're losing games left and right. Yeah. And then. And then Trevor Lawrence missed two games to COVID. You know, he, yeah, he, he missed the opportunity. played in five weeks. Yeah, it was the literally the first time in over well. a month that he played. It's crazy. On Saturday. So they bounced back over. They just destroyed Pitt. But yeah, I mean. I, I think we were mad about the Grammy noms, another committee. I'm kind of mad about Book not getting Heisman love. And you know what I'm really mad about? The CFP committee putting Coastal Carolina at 20. Oh, yeah. You know, this team has gone out. They haven't done lost. What they need to Why do. aren't they the number one team? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were 15th on the AP poll, and then they get re- the CFP poll gets released, and they're at 20. It's kind of a, a slap in the face if you're close to, coming off a big win against Appalachian State. Yeah. Team's still undefeated. Well, they show, I mean. They, Honestly, their biggest win of the year. Because mm-hmm. their, their only power five team they've played this year was Kansas in week one. I mean. And they Kansas. beat Kansas, but Kansas really isn't a power and five team. And I watched team, that game. Honest. I remember. It was I like do. A I remember. Night game I remember. I watched Coastal FS1. Carolina beat Kansas. And I was like, what, like yeah. is Coastal Carolina actually any good or is Kansas just that bad? Yeah, but the 20th ranking was so weak to me. Yeah. Uh, they can easily handle Texas State, the the fighting Bobcats. One, one of the, the worst, worst teams, teams in, in FBS. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Awful. Uh, 49 to 14. And, you know, they got Liberty coming up next week. And That's then Troy. Game. And then uh, they got the conference championship yeah. to win the fun belt. They actually clinched the Sun Belt East. Uh, they won uh, after their head-to-head against Appalachian State, which is great to see. But I, I just was really felt like they were getting disrespected. And even in bowl projections, they still have projectors to go to the Myrtle Beach Bowl or the Dollar yeah. General Bowl. This team's undefeated. They're good. What are you talking about? 
But yeah, one more one more game I wanted to just shout out really quick. Wasn't even like a, a game super big on anybody's radar, but just a really good old-fashioned Big 12 game between Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. Oh yeah, that was a wacky 50 game. 50 to 44 final score. Tech had a chance to come back at the end. Uh, Oklahoma State did not have Chuba Hubbard for the game, so their third string running back, Desmond Jackson, 235 rushing yards and three touchdowns. Pretty much any week of the year would have been the best performance by a running back in college football, except we had Buffalo, Jarrett Patterson. Oh my gosh, what was it, seven? Seven or uh, eight? 409 rushing yards and eight touchdowns. Eight touchdowns. I yeah, mean, eight that touchdowns ties a record. Absolutely the record. crazy. He missed Samaje Pirine's single game rushing record by like 17 or 18 yards, I want to say it was. But yeah, this game was absolutely nuts, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. I want to say there were like... 1300 total yards of offense 1200 total yards just a good old-fashioned barn burner over there shades of that oklahoma texas tech game where baker played against mahomes a few years ago absolutely nuts yeah crazy crazy. that was that was a really really good game yeah so i mean it was a good week in college football it was was. also a good week in college basketball we had our tip-off including my Arizona State Sun Devils. We talked about this on Hump Day. Played Rhode Island, then they got a chance to play Villanova on Thanksgiving night and kind of... They, they competed with them yes. for about a half. And, then... mm-hmm. and, you know, I talked about it on my show um, on Blaze Radio, blazeradioonline.com. We talked about there's no chemistry. And when you have a team with as many freshmen as they have in yeah. Bagley and Christopher, yeah. you're going to need to build up that chemistry. They had a, a shortened training camp. So I think by the time March Madness comes around, this team is going to be prepared, more well yeah. apt to play. And and going along exactly what you just said, I don't want to move away from Arizona State so quick, although that was really their, their matchup of the week with Nova and they couldn't pull it out. But speaking of teams with a bunch of new players, Kentucky losing to Richmond yes. on Sunday. How about uh, the Spiders? How about them? The Atlantic 10 looks good, but you know how many you know how many new players Kentucky has on that roster? How many? 10. Wow. Seven freshmen and three transfers. That's that Calipari. And I know Calipari was talking about it earlier in the week. Like, he was angry in his interview. I don't even, like, I didn't understand his comments. I thought they were kind of childish, kind of stupid. But he was basically talking about how they have, like, difficult matchups at the beginning of the year and how he scheduled it really hard. And, you know, if they go on an early game skid at the beginning of the year, don't blame the players. Blame him because, you know, he made the schedule hard and they haven't had time to practice, whatever. And, like... I wanna I wanna sympathize with him, but literally Gonzaga exists. Gonzaga's the number one team in the country and they play in the West Coast Conference. I mean Gonzaga, that is how they build their resume, is a difficult as hell early non conference schedule. And exactly. we already saw it from them. They dropped hundred two on the number six team in the country. Mm-hmm. Beat Kansas pretty handily. Easy. Yeah. They handled Kansas. And now this week, Gonzaga was scheduled to play. I wanna say it was uh either Illinois or it was someone that was really good, and that game got like a top ten team, and that game got canceled. They're now instead playing West Virginia on Wednesday, another ranked team, and then next Saturday, Gonzaga against Baylor, the number one against number two team. I mean, Gonzaga literally makes their schedule super hard at the beginning of the year, and Calipari does it for one year, and he's already coming up with excuses. I mean, yeah, you, I the, mean, the season hasn't even started yet. You you can't play the excuses game, and it, you talked about it with Gonzaga. This is their season. Yeah, their season hinges upon their non-conference schedule. Because who are they going to play in the West Coast Conference? Pacific, uh, UC Santa Barbara, Pepperdine. I mean, we can name all the West Coast. Yeah, schools. I mean, there's there's one West Coast school that you know we got to give some love to, and that's San Francisco. Yeah, big up to USF. The Dons wow. took out Virginia Ciroc this past week. Dons, look big at them go. win. 
And that was but, a I mean, big that's win that's for them. one game. I like going back to it. Gonzaga really has to build their schedule around these beginning of the year games. They already beat Kansas. They beat Auburn. They've got Baylor coming up. Like I said, West Virginia. Uh, they play Iowa in a few weeks. Luca Garza, best player in the country, looks a little bit like Frankenstein. Shout out. <laughs> you right. You right. You right. But if lie. if they get through this early non conference schedule without losing. Even with a loss, if they lose to Baylor or to Iowa or to West Virginia or one of these teams, Gonzaga is still going to enter March Madness super hot because they are not going to yeah. have any struggle getting through the West Coast Conference. Mark Few and the boys, they Mark know what they're Few doing. Mark Few is... He's a man. The best coach in college basketball. He's a man of the boys. Yeah. And that Kansas team walk in there, you know, they came off a solid year last yeah. year. But, I mean... God. And I, it's Gonzaga kind of too team. early to judge with Kansas too. Mm-hmm. And that, the Gonzaga team is just so fluid. That, they're just so they're fun such to a watch. Good team. And I, that's what the same thing I saw with Villanova too. Yeah, they just you know there's definitely like ASU has good potential. They probably have the best squad that they've had in years. Um, but God, there's just another tier in college basketball. Yeah. You see it when you see the blue bloods, and when you see it, even when you're seeing a Villanova or Gonzaga team. It's just better basketball. The only, you can and, tell that they're in a system. You and know? based off of the this early season, Baylor has played like one or two games. They had one canceled because of COVID against a pretty good opponent, if I if I recall. Uh, they were set to play Arizona State. Yeah. That's what it was. Opening Baylor night. was going to have an early game. And so but get URI. Mm. In the rest of the top five, number three in the country has lost. Villanova lost this past week to Virginia Tech in overtime. Number four, Virginia has lost. I mean, really the only team where I've seen enough to put them in that tier in the early season is Gonzaga. And honestly, we can't even really hold that loss against Kansas Mm-mm. because I, that really is just another level of a team that exactly. they're playing against. Exactly. And I mean, whoever would have won that game. And they scored, been a big they scored 90 against them. It's not like their offense was struggling at all. It's just Gonzaga is such a good team that they're so hard to stop. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can discount Kansas being a potential top five team this year early. And then you even have the champions, the champions classic this week is going to be good. Yeah. Kansas, Kentucky. Yeah. Michigan that's going to be a Duke. really telling game. I mean, that's going to be Kentucky. a really good match. I mean, Kansas, I mean, you know, we got Calipari talking all of his excuses and then Bill Self and the boys going out there and maybe the rock they, chalk. They want to bounce back. So it's going to be good matchups. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm loving the, the whole Mohegan sun yeah. bubble type deal. Super interesting. You know, ASU was in it for a couple of days. They left, they get, Houston Baptist on Sunday. Yeah. Go Huskies of Houston Baptist. Wow. <laughs> and then uh the other the other game in the Champions Classic, Michigan State and Duke. That's going to be good That too. Michigan State game with Notre Dame was closer than it appeared. Yeah, it was very close. They, apart from the end of the first half and beginning of the second half when Michigan State literally went on a 26-0 run, Notre Dame lost that game by 10, which means the rest of that game, outside of that 26-0 run, they outscored Michigan State by 16. Exactly. And, you know, the Notre Dame team, obviously not as strong as it once was. But, you know, when you have a coach like Mike Bray, they're going to come in there and they're going to perform. Do you see see him on Twitter? Mike Bray on Twitter? Oh, what did he say? He he posted on Twitter a couple days ago because of how weird scheduling is this year. He literally posted, like, like, looking for team to play December 4th slash 5th. Like literally, like advertising Notre Dame basketball, like come play us. Yeah, on a on a high school football type beat. Yeah, like that's crazy to think yeah. about, and you even you can even tie that back to college football with BYU and Washington. How mm-hmm. Washington and BYU were about to play, they didn't. It was just crazy to think about stuff like that. But you know, that's just the nature of the beast right now. It's going to be a really interesting college basketball season. You have a, a couple of conferences who haven't even released yeah. a conference schedule. Yeah, I mean ASU doesn't know who they're, they're going to play starting next year, so. 
Um, that's gonna be nuts, yeah. man. But I'm I'm here for all these early, meaningful, very Absolutely. meaningful. Another another November. super meaningful game that happened today. Like as we're recording this, U of H beating up Texas Tech. They, friend, they only won by ten on the final score, but they were dominating that yes. game from beginning to end, pretty much. Grimes is something. Quentin else, Grimes, that defense is so good. They did they were, didn't even shoot that great. I think mm-hmm. Houston shot like thirty five percent from the field or something, and they still dominated them from start to finish because yeah. Tech just could not get anything going. You know where that game was played? Where the Dickies Arena in Fort yeah. Worth, Texas. You love Beautiful. to see it. Love but, to see it at Dickies Arena, but oh, yeah, yeah. It, it was Grimes, and you know, Kelvin Sampson. Can you imagine? It's his seventh year as head coach of U of H. It seems like time's just gone oh, yeah, by absolutely. as Sampson as head coach, but he's built a beast at U of H. They're really he, I, uh, hot take. I know Cincy, Memphis, U of no, H is the, the best team, team in the American. Right they're now. the best. They're the team to beat in the American. And right now. Memphis lost early season to I think St. Louis, or mm-hmm. no, it was VCU maybe one of those teams. Another A ten team. And That's looking good. They're one buzzer beater away against Michigan from a trip to the Sweet 16. Yeah. And Shout out Jordan Poole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was such a crazy game. But that's just about the nature of the beast and the March Madness. But I'm telling you, that team with Grimes and even, you know, a, a Traymon Mark out of Shout Dickinson out Tra- hey, He's High been School. super good these yeah, first two he's games. He's been Coming really off good. the bench. He's I had, mean, I think 21 and 11 the first two years. As a freshman, really good. I and mean, the next freshman. couple of years, Looks is going to be great. solid. And then, you know, even another district 24 love david azor uta they they held their own they held their own against kate cunningham yeah and you know cunningham came in everybody expected kate cunningham to put on a show he was ah, he was okay he was was good he was he had a double double i think solid but i mean azor and the boys leading score for ut arlington azor went out there had a clear like 14 or something it's solid but um that U of H team, they're they're going to be the team to beat. That's a big victory for them against Tech. Yeah, it is. Who's who's no no walk in the park, especially with Mac McClung. Absolutely, and McClung in that game was like zero for six from three. I want to say. I mean, they really did just shut them down with their defense. Overhyped, overhyped. Just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. But he looked really good his first game. Yeah. That crossover and then mm. the the dunk and transition. Just wet. But yeah, some other wet. huge games this week. I mean, yeah. we we've kind of gone over most of them. The the Champions Classic on Tuesday and the Jimmy V Classic on Wednesday the the Bay, i think baylor has a huge week this week gonzaga has a huge week this week the two top teams mm-hmm. in the country you know we usually overshadow college basketball with you know the start of the nba season but with no nba season until around christmas time it's gonna be really yeah it's gonna be fun to watch you know because usually i i really only watch college basketball right before the um right before march madness just yeah. so i can make sure my bracket's semi-decent you know I'll keep up with it but being able to watch early season games is gonna be good. oh yeah and one more i want to give one more shout out in college basketball before we move on to Ohio men's basketball, Jason Preston, oh, their yes. point guard. Great story. The guy with the hair, he looked kind of, I, I kept thinking he looked like LaMelo Ball while I was watching that game go on. Dropped 31 against the number eight team in the country. They really could have beat Illinois. They were in it from start to finish. Illinois pulled away a little bit at the end and was able to win. But that story was crazy about like, his dad was out of the picture and his mom died when he was high school or when he was in high school. And he literally went to like an AAU tournament. He was like six foot 140 and was playing against like rec league players basically and made his own highlight tape and then just basically posted it on Twitter and got noticed by Ohio. Put on like 30 pounds in the past couple of years and now he's dropping 31 against the number eight team in the country. On crazy. some 2K type stuff, right? Absolutely there. On crazy. Some 2K type oh, yeah. Stuff. That's a crazy story. But yeah, it's just the nature of it. And, you know, there's stories in college sports that yeah. just really touch you because it's crazy to think about. So we're going to let those play out over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be fun to watch these. And I'm sure, matchups. yeah, he's not going to be the first one we see this year. He He's, or he's not going to be the last one. I mean, he's the first one, but, you know, throughout 
the the regular season and into March Madness especially, there are going to be stories of guys like that where you know they get in the spotlight at these smaller programs, and I'm here for it all the way. Most definitely, most definitely. So let's see college sports is a check. Now let's move on to the professional ranks. We had a couple snoozers on Thanksgiving, but not to be uh, outspoken is the Houston Texans picking up two wins in four days. They are now four and seven. Well, Dare I go. say wild card bound Houston Texans bold take. That is a bold take. I'll give you that. That was, that was about the only thing I think you were right about there was that it's a bold take. Will uh, Fuller looked good. I played Will against Fuller him. Will Fuller looked amazing. I played against him in fantasy. They were kind of just messing around at the end of that game. It felt yeah. like with like the triple the the trick plays like double reverse oh my pass gosh, that to trick Fuller. Play was clean. That was so clean. That was amazing. I love seeing it. Play. But on some real stuff, the Texans aren't going to make the playoffs, or maybe they do. Who knows? But I, it's pretty much impossible. I I, I like seeing the team and especially will fuller even nuke deandre hopkins tweets out during the game will fuller's a one and he's not wrong i feel like will yeah. fuller was kind of on the shadow of deandre hopkins for the longest yeah. time and injuries as well but yeah a healthy will fuller is a solid receiver in the oh league. yeah absolutely and they're on pace for both him and brandon cooks to have over a thousand yards this year which is big and you know yes it's a lions team who ended up firing matt patricia after the game yeah kind of crazy but, and the and the GM, yeah, they got rid of a uh, what's his name Quinn, a clean house for Detroit. Yeah. But still, I think it was it was a good win for the Texans, and they move on. They have the Colts twice, they have the Titans and the Bears. So you know, realistically, they probably finished what six and ten, something around that mark. But you know, it's just been such a crazy year because even Deshaun Watson's having a great year. Yeah, and we even saw JJ Watt glimpses of. Oh yeah, fourteen glimpses of the the Bengals playoff game. Yeah, just rumbling, tumbling, catches it out. Of, that was beautiful. Yeah, catches it out of the air, runs it back for a touchdown. Highlight of my highlight of my Turkey Day, minus my uh, my little Thanksgiving spread that I had going. But man, you know, what's your favorite? What's your favorite Thanksgiving? Okay, so like spread. I don't have like, like food. So what I had was okay. So we had turkey. Yeah gotta have the turkey i mean that's just yeah i'm not a big ham guy it's a bold take no not a big ham guy yeah turkey turkey is the thanksgiving go-to it's turkey then it goes mac and cheese okay mashed potatoes with brown gravy okay and then you know a little bit of spanish rice that's a little mexican for you. a little bit of my grandmother's homemade spanish rice that's gonna get you going and then Uh of course my my mom's homemade dressing that that stuff's lethal Man, I want to come to your Thanksgiving. Oh, it's, it's cold. It's cold. The spread is <laughs> nah, nice. but ours, ours was pretty good too. We had we had our our turkey and stuffing, of course, classic, and then uh, had some sweet potatoes. Didn't go mashed potatoes this year, but went sweet potatoes. Bold, bold. And then uh, tried something new. Had some Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. They were good. Not a huge Brussels sprouts guy usually, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, sometimes you got to because I'm not a big green bean guy. A lot of people love green, oh, green bean, bean casserole. casserole. Green bean casserole is usually a, a staple that, for my family. I don't mess with, with the that. French fried onions on top. The French fried onions I mess that with. Goes the hard. green beans, I just I don't know. That and peas. People love peas. Yeah, I'm I, not a huge peas guy. And then they're that, good, but they're not great. And then a lot of people love the cranberry sauce. I don't mess with yeah. cranberry sauce. And then either. oh, the last thing, do you, do you, do you ever go like corn casserole? Corn casserole has been a staple in my family. I don't know if that's oh. normal. It's all Ooh. like we do that every year. I feel year. like that's good though. Yeah, it's like a it's like creamed corn and like regular corn, and then you put like a, a corn muffin mix on top, basically okay, like yeah, the that, stuff you make cornbread like with. Like corn. It's explosion. basically just like cornbread with corn good. inside. It's that's really probably good. like yeah, it's good. it's good. That's probably good. Usually on a good year, you can find me having some tamales too. Oh yeah, no, that's yeah. Usually our family does that for lunch on Thanksgiving. Yeah, we go to the tamale man. That's solid. Shout out tamale man. 
Shout out my grandma's homemade tamales. Oh yeah, that's probably shout, better. But... Shout out. Oh, that's the only tamales I'll eat, man. Good nah, stuff. You don't go to the tamale man? Heck no. Hot tamales on twenty three fifty one. That he's, place is. That's what boy. I'm saying. He's the boy. He is the man. But you know, I gotta go homemade. But it was yeah, a good yeah. spread. And then you know, you know, you have your food. You're all stuffed. You're bridging the gap until the Cowboys game. And why did you even try to bridge the <laughs> yeah, gap? Because that yeah. was an absolutely terrible football game. Antonio Gibson is the highlight of that game. He had like three touchdowns. He was great. But Big Red Andy. Uh, Mr. Dalton, not the looking red great. Rifle. The Red Rifle had one good game coming off the COVID list, and he's back to his old self. Uh, Zeke had, I know a lot of Zeke fantasy owners were having a bad Thanksgiving. He got like two points. He was awful. That was terrible. But yeah, that Dallas team is yeah, just 2. bad. Yeah, 2.9 points, because I know because uh, he was on my other, he was on my boy Paulo's team. Oh, I, I won you, my, fa- I'm back to 500. <laughs> I was below 500, back to 500. It's great. Great news, thanks yeah. to Jarvis Landry. I mean, Juice I'm, Landry. I'm sitting. I'm sitting at eight and four. I'm still in the playoff spot, but I played against. I was tied for first with the person I played against this week, and he beat me. Mm-hmm. Had a had Fuller, Devonte Adams. Uh, I was kind of doomed from the start. He had James Robinson get like 27 or something. Yeah, and wasn't even a bad week for me. Just a great week for him. We were looking forward to you know the matchup of the night. Of course, it came out that it was, it was Ravens Steelers. That was um, going to be the game of the week. Absolutely, even from the games on Sunday, that was yeah. going to be the game. Of week you have undefeated team and then you have lamar jackson is going to be great and then what happens everybody gets covid so let's move the games let's move the game to sunday and then saturday comes around oh more covid let's move the game to tuesday so now they're tentatively scheduled to play tomorrow is that going to happen i probably don't think so because i don't think so either ingram jk dobbins and lamar jackson all have covid so it's rg3 and and it's it's happening it's happening like the ravens have had at least one case every day it was it was willie sneed on sunday that tested positive it's like you know they're finally looking past it and the Steelers aren't helping either because I remember like when they decided they were moving it out of Thanksgiving Day because all the Ravens were getting COVID the Steelers players I know Juju Chase Claypool were all going on Twitter like man what is this this is bullshit uh this is a joke you know why aren't we playing and then it's announced like two days later that the Steelers players have a COVID outbreak as well James Connor goes on the list which is they scary have, like, five because he's a cancer survivor oh yeah too. absolutely and they have like five players test positive uh kind of ironic um and then and then just keeping with the covid thing uh kareem jackson's comments after the broncos game i have to almost agree with him exactly because uh the broncos their whole quarterback room not wearing masks the whole team or the whole the whole quarterback you know uh roster essentially is including blake bortles including blake bortles they're all deemed they're all deemed close contacts to jeff driscoll who tested positive so they bring in Former Wake Forest quarterback and now practice squad wide receiver Kendall Hinton, and man, that was the ugliest game I've ever seen. That was I was hype. I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch this game. Yeah. It's gonna be cold. I wanted I'm to like, watch. I wanted yeah, to watch the Wildcat. Like, it was cold yeah. weather, anyways. Not too much throwing. Taysom Hill on the other side. It's gonna be a good old fashioned run it down their throat. Yeah, and, and then it was first so snap, bad. first ma- first snap, Philip Lindsay. He gets like a decent game, like okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And then they bring in Hinton, and it's just like yo, yeah. like it, every pass was nearly an interception, basically. Yeah. He completed one pass. It was like a Fant released from. He was blocking and he released, and it was like a, like a five yard pass, and then Fant picked up like and ten. I'll tell you what. I'm glad I changed my fantasy line because I had Noah Fant in my as my starting yeah. tight end. Turned. I'm glad I let go of him and I put oh, in. Yeah. A, I'm putting my boy Kyle Rudolph. But anyway, they ended up losing thirty one to three, and man, it was just such an sad. ugly sad. And you know this quality of football and. I get exactly what Kareem Jackson is oh, saying. Oh yeah, I do too. Because 
they had no shot in winning that football game. Yeah. Let's be real. You for, for those of you, for those of you that don't know, before we go any further, Kareem Jackson after the game basically said, like, you know, why are they moving the Raven Steelers game back to Tuesday? But when our team literally almost can't field the team, at least at quarterback, you know, they kind of use us as an example and are like, nope, you got to play. Sorry. Uh, you know, rather than giving them at least a couple days where if one of those quarterbacks can get a couple negative tests in a row, possibly get reactivated, uh, they they don't do that. And it ends up, you know, essentially yeah, just being a, just, a loss before the game even started. It's not even fair. It's not fair like Vegas was literally pulling that game off of their books because people were just going to abuse it. There's literally no way. Yeah, there was literally no chance no that way. a Broncos team with Kendall Hinton playing quarterback was going to touched the new orleans saints yeah it, it, so it, it was fun for like the first two drives and then it just became sad yeah it was because just... you, you start to realize how how people say oh i could throw better than him you know mr bisky's bad bad all, all these quarterbacks are bad you remember nate, nate peterman had all those interceptions well you put a guy in in hinton who was a solid quarterback his team made he it to the state played, championship he literally played quarterback in high school and at a power five school in college and he went in there, and he looked like doo-doo. Yeah, he was terrible. He could not make any reads. His throws, I mean, he knows how to throw a spiral, so obviously it doesn't look too ugly when you're actually watching it. But his reads and his throw power, you know, all of that, it was so ugly. It was terrible. And and, and I do feel bad for him, because I'm yeah. sure he was out there having fun, living the dream, playing quarterback in the NFL. But he finished with, like, the worst stat line in decades. He had more interceptions than completions. Yeah, that was the first time since, like, 1980-something, when it was a Chargers team. I think it was 1967. First time since 1967 they had more interceptions than completions. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. It was, it was just sad to watch. And, you know, that Broncos team, they may or may not have had an outside shot of making the playoffs. Well, that was pretty much... Those they're, they're, are four, they're four and six going into the game. They're now four and seven. What pretty much eliminated. It, it's, just, it's just crazy. And I feel bad for them. And, yes, you're, you need to follow the COVID rules. Yeah. Well, but if you're going to do it for one team, just because it's a marquee matchup, you've got to do it for the other. You can't, yeah, that's the only thing that be I, I agree with him on. Is, so. is, and, and I honestly, you know... Now, with the 49ers losing a place to play, too, they're going to end up having to move where they play their, their games and where they practice for the next few weeks. I I mean, the NFL season is unraveling in front of us. I, I hope they can find a way to finish it, but if this continues to happen, if teams week by week are just you know essentially having these COVID cases, if it comes to a week 18 and that 16-team playoff, if they'll even be able to do that. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's falling apart in front yes, of our eyes. Exactly, because... You know, the reason why it was such messed up for the Ravens to play on Tuesday is because they have a Thursday night football yeah, game. Yeah, so now that's flexed so out. That's so it's flexed a Monday night Monday, doubleheader next and week. And then, you know, scheduling logistics. I'm sure the logistics manager for all 32 teams is just having it's a nightmare. Yeah. Because they're having to change schedules. He, he's working around the clock. Planes, stuff like that, hotels, all that. It, it, it's, it's just really it's hard to see. And, you know, they it, this is the one league that they had over five, six months to prepare for their season. Yeah. And I don't and know if they, they prepared at their best. Yeah. Because Honestly, the Titans are an advantage right now because they already had like three quarters of the team get COVID at the beginning of the year. It screwed up the Steelers bye week, but not theirs. They essentially just had their bye week. And, and now, you know, like literally, I think it was like half their team got it. So they probably aren't going to get it anytime soon. Uh, the Titans are placing themselves into a good position. And on that note, 
the Titans are now in first place in the AFC they South after the Colts. Derrick Henry in the first half of that game put a whooping on the Colts. They had 100, the Colts. 140 rushing yards and three touchdowns at halftime. And I have him on my fantasy team. He had like 35 points at the half. I was like, man, he's about to go out and set some records. What a tank Derrick Henry Absolutely. is. Absolutely. And just then what does he dog. do in the second half, though? He gets like two more points for me. Pissed me off. And that Come like on. I wasn't going to win anyways, probably. But imagine he just drops like a 60 bomb for me. But no, the the Titans still run away with the victory, 45-26, I want to say And you know who else was lacking? Who? Rodrigo Blankenship only put up two points off oh, yeah. of two extra points. Come on, Phillip Rivers. He had his, he had his, onside, he had his onside kick returned for a touchdown off of him. He tried the high bounce. It bounced way up in the air. A.J. Brown just grabbed it and ran with it, ran the onside kick that back sucks. for a touchdown. It's terrible. Yeah. Terrible, terrible, terrible. But, you know... But that Titans team is in good position now. Good, and you know that, that's why I'm saying that's why the Texans have an outside shot. They still have to play the Colts, and they have to play the Titans. They have one more game against the Titans. I mean, they, maybe they, and you are you can argue that the Texans should have won that Titans game, barring an yeah. overtime coin flip. They probably win that game. I mean, not to mention they they threw it away in regulation yeah, in the exactly. first place. But but yeah, but I yeah, mean, I mean, we'll absolutely, see. we'll see. And you know. A lot of last-minute wins. The Patriots won in the final minute. The Niners won in the final minute. And, you know, you hate to see it, but the Panthers lose yet again in, in the, the final minute, minute. To the Vikings, yeah. But they had a shot. And they shouldn't have even had the – you don't give Kirk Cousins time. No. You know, Kirk Cousins might not be the best quarterback, but he knows what to do under pressure. Yeah. And he doesn't He doesn't even have Thielen. Speaking of COVID, Thielen was out for me too because of COVID. So, so he's not playing. Dalvin Cook, I, I – missed a couple drives in the middle of the game with an ankle injury he he was sidelined for a minute but yeah i mean kirk cousin like you said you don't want to give him the ball at the end of the game He's and i had the panthers in this game just because they needed to win you know matt rule they've been in so many games they just haven't oh, yeah. been able to close it out and yet again here comes joey sly i think it was a 51 yarder to win the game nada and it was just terrible it yeah. feels so bad you got to feel for the guy and they lose yet again. And it, like I said, it's not like they're losing these games by that much. It's coming down to the wire. I think it's them, the yeah. Falcons, and the Chargers that have just been. Yeah. Just and, and we saw it. It was same story, different week for the Chargers this week. Some of the worst coaching I've seen in a while. Just oh, at man. the end of the game, the play calling by Anthony Lynn. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you're going to win the game. Yeah, I just, I don't even want to I mean, get at into least, it. Though. At least it was so manage bad. the clock. Yeah. And then the last when, play calls a quarterback sneak. <laughs> And the whole the oh whole offensive gosh. line is in pass protection. Herbert audibles into a quarterback sneak on fourth and goal, and like literally just runs straight into Ed Oliver. Not a good idea. Not a smart idea. But hey, bright side for the Chargers, they had Austin Eckler back. They had like he had like eleven catches in his return. That best running, best receiving back in the league. I'll, yeah. I'll make, I mean, other than Christian McCaffrey, but. but. Yeah, Eckler's up there. He's good. It's just sad. I think the other highlight of the week for me was seeing Colt McCoy on a football. Oh yeah, shout out UT. Man, that was fun to watch. Danny Dimes gets uh, knocked out with the hamstring, and then Colt McCoy out there. We talked about the Falcons. How bad are the Raiders after almost beating the Chiefs in Sunday Night Football? They played like a a team that just doesn't know how to play. Yeah, I think Derek Carr only got point five points. It was it was terrible to watch. I mean, the the Falcons didn't even have Julio Jones or Todd Gurley still put up forty three points. You've got Ito Smith and Brian Hill playing running back. You've got a What's his name? Zacchaeus at wide receiver, like getting getting you know almost all the snaps on offense. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy what the Falcons put together today. That's I really don't know how they did it. That can't happen. Really. I mean, they had a pick six. Obviously, the Raiders were giving them good field position just by not being able to move the ball. But like, where has that Falcons team been this year? 
I, their defense especially there, but their defense especially something up. clicked for them this week mm-hmm. staying in that division too what a game tom brady patrick mahomes I maybe mean, for the last time for the last time you know nance and romo were hyping it up as like maybe they'll meet in the super bowl but i don't see that happening just for the bucks but yeah still it's just crazy you know the the mentor and the mentee Really good game too. What did, what did Tyreek Hill have in the first quarter? Like 200 receiving yards, two yeah. touchdowns. I want to say it was just going nuts, man. It was absolutely crazy. Um, that that Bucks team, they're they're starting to click just a little bit, but I just don't see them making a run in the playoffs. I know it's Tom Brady, so you can never lose hope. But yeah, I I, I just think that they're gonna have they're gonna have a, a tough, arduous road ahead for them in the playoffs. But it was it was a good football game. Really oh yeah, good football game. Oh yeah, was, they almost came. In, they almost minute. came back in it too. Mm-hmm. But like like you said, I mean, the Buccaneers have struggled the past few weeks. It feels like on at least on their offense, they just have a bunch of like th- this is what this is what I heard someone say. It was they, they said it was a bunch of sports cars basically on their offense, but nothing like too reliable. Like they have all these big names, you know, all these great players on their offense. They've got Fournette, Brady. Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski. I mean, they literally, on paper, like, based off of name value, have the best offense in the league. And I don't think that's even debatable. Just, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's just all about them But, gel. yeah, it's they, they just haven't found a way to gel, I guess. I, when you have four receivers that great, are any of them going to get as many touches as they deserve? Mm-hmm. Not, probably not. I mean, you even see Jones was having a great game too. And you talk yeah. about Fournette, but Jones has been. Yeah, Ronald Jones is running back too, splitting time, splitting time with him. But none of them on any given day are going to go off like Tyreek Hill did. Mm-hmm. Because in Kansas City, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Tyreek Hill, and it's Travis Kelsey. Exactly. And those three are, are really all they need to have the best offense in the league. And we mm-hmm. saw that. Mahomes had almost 500 total yards, including rushing yards. And, you know, more than half of it was to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill had 13 catches. I think it was 269 yards. I mean, it was insane. Crazy. So, it's just crazy. And it, it, you talk about the offense, but the defense yeah. has to be good. And, you know, speaking of defense, the Miami Dolphins. Oh, yeah. Another good week with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic. Fitz He's back. back at the helm. Back at the helm. They, they, I mean, they won against, of course, it was the Jets. But still, I mean. Solid victory. I mean, that's a, yep. a W is a W. So still in the playoff. I picture. wonder if two is going to be back next week. Just terrible way to control. I mean, this this week at least it was injury related, or at least quotation marks injury mm-hmm. related that Tua didn't play. But I'm starting to wonder if the if the Dolphins are regretting that decision they made, and if Flores is trying to find ways to to bring him back. Speaking of quarterbacks who were injured and may have lost their jobs as well. Two more of those games this week. Trubisky was back at the helm, and you had Mike Glennon playing quarterback Glennon. for the Jaguars. Crazy, they go from, you know, Minshew, Luton yeah. to Glennon. Did you see? Did you see that whole like, you know, like that circle of life thing where it was like Mike Glennon replaced Tyler Bray in Chicago a few years ago, and then Glennon or I'm trying to think of what it was. Full no, Foles replaced Glennon in 2017 with the Bears, and then. God, let me think about this. Minshew takes Foles' place, and then Minshew loses his job to Luton, and then Luton loses his job to Glennon. It's the circle of life. It's the circle of life. It's the circle of life. And, you know, Jags lose, fire their GM. 
10 yeah, straight losses. Another one. That's like the and fourth GM out this year. If you would have told me going into this year that the Browns are 8-3 and three after 11 <laughs> games, are you kidding me? And it's not like they've played that good, in my opinion. Except for Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry had a great day yeah, today. Yeah, he had a good game today. Baker Mayfield is trying Nick Chubb to as be well better. Was great. Yeah, I, I think their I'm main, the reason why they're so good is that they have a two-headed monster at the running attack with oh, yeah. Hunt and Chubb. Hunt that and is Chubb is cold. nasty. And then you have, you still you have, have Landry. Landry, I mean, Odell when he's healthy. It's a solid team. It is. So, I mean, that was good. And speaking of Trubisky, we were watching this, getting ready to record, watching something. We were praying. We were so close to Scorigami. They robbed us. They robbed us the last minute. We lost Scorigami. Packers on that final drive just needed to kick a field goal. If they didn't pick up another first down so they could take a knee, they were going to kick a field goal. Would have been 44 to 25. We would have had our Scorigami. Everyone would have been happy. But no. But no, they didn't. So, so instead, two different games finished forty-one to twenty-five this week, which is such a weird score. You would think that is score. Yeah, it now. was like it was like the second time or something that it's it happened, crazy. and then it happened twice in one week. Stupid, stupid, stupid. So that that's it for the NFL. I'm just just disappointed. No score yeah. got me yet again. What's uh what's a I'm Monday night, what's Monday night football? Seahawks, Seahawks, and, Eagles. So Seahawks tonight Eagles. you get the Seahawks and Eagles, and let's. I, I mean, the Seahawks better win. Yeah, and Russell Wilson needs to needs to look good. And then maybe we'll play some flag football on Tuesday hey, with the Ravens and Steelers. Who knows? On the other end, the Eagles win. The they would be four six and one in in first position of the NFC NFC East. Yeah, and how about the Colt McCoy led Giants are at the top of the <laughs> NFC East too? It's yeah, just crazy right, in the NFL. Washington everything everything team. is just going gangbusters right now. It, it's nuts. Yeah, absolutely nuts. You know what else is nuts? What's that? Demarcus Cousins being a Houston. Let's Rocket. go. Let's go. Big signing. If you would have told that me, and I talked about it on update, if you would have told me three years ago, Boogie Cousins would be a rocket with I Russell Westbrook. Crazy. Now, I mean, they have the shortest temper among refs in the whole league. In my oh, just yeah. think if we still have P Bev, oh, nuts. PJ too loves to get into it mm-hmm. sometimes. He's a he's kind of a hothead. But I mean, I love this signing for Raphael Stone. I do too. It's a vet min backup center to Christian Wood, who's going to be a dog. A dog. I'm I could even you. I could even see a um down the road at least a lineup where the Rockets do have Boogie starting mm-hmm. with Russ and Harden obviously at guards unless the Russ for John Wall trade happens then Wall for Wall and Harden at guard and then possibly Eric Gordon uh if Eric Gordon gets traded though I think you probably have it the three four five more of a traditional look with PJ Tucker at the three then you could even move Wood to the four because he's kind of a smaller center. Mm-hmm. Uh, could fit as a stretch four and then Boogie at the five. That's a solid line. That's a solid line. And I think the Rockets have been a, done a really good job of retooling. Yeah. Um, you know, there was it was obvious changes need to be made. New system under Silas. Uh, Wood goes out and says that they're going to continue playing the five out, which I think is yeah. a good brand of basketball. I think it is too. It's the best brand for James Harden to play, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but spreading the floor. Yeah, for them to be able to emphasize the pick and roll more Absolutely. with Wood. Uh, something that you know we didn't really see in the playoffs because yeah. we didn't have that Capella in our lives. But Wood is more athletic; he's eligible to you know space out, hit the three. It's going to be really fun to watch, yeah. and I think that boogie signing is going to be it's going to do because it's really high ceiling, low floor. Yeah, exactly. If he goes in and plays like dog, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, he's a veteran minimum. But, but if he goes back to where he was pre Achilles injury with the Pelicans, I mean, he was literally an MVP candidate. Exactly. And could you imagine that? Yeah, if he's back to that on a veteran's minimum, that would be huge and I know for us. We, we've been saying, can you imagine that? Because Boogie was yeah. on the Warriors, Boogie's on the Lakers, and now he's with the Rockets, so we'll see. And, and honestly, he's going to help us match up against the Lakers. Exactly. Because we it the gives Rockets us another for the longest man. time built around beating the Warriors, but when you get to a point where you're playing LeBron James, who has yeah. a traditional center, and you don't want to call AD a traditional center, but you saw... 
Uh, even though the Lakers yeah. had to play a little bit of small ball against us, but yeah. when you have guys that can match up against that, and especially young guys, and I mean, Christian Woods only what twenty five years old, so I mean, these guys are young, they're growing, and the future is bright in Houston. And absolutely, I, brighter days are ahead. You know, we were in a hurricane for the longest time, and we—I thinking- mean, we're not completely out of it yet because I'm sure the Russ trade rumors, at least, are are still swirling. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we can't forget the fact that Harden literally declined a fifty million dollars. Yeah, which which is kind of crazy. Which kind of indicates to me that he is leaving at the end of his contract or i i think things will have to change in the next couple years for him to come back but i mean until then we we might as well you know go with the team we've got the Mm -hmm. team we've got is good enough to compete in the west for sure and i think as long as we can hold on to harden and westbrook and get them committed to playing for us this season well, at least stand a chance. Yeah, part of me, part of me thinks that Harden declined this option, and even this is probably like a pipe dream. But still, part of me just thinks that he declines it just to send a warning shout out to Tillman Fertitta saying, "Hey, man, if you're not willing to pay the luxury tax, I'm gone." Yeah. So the Rockets are now in the luxury tax. So maybe, maybe, maybe I, I don't know. I, I'm still on the Tillman Fertitta hate list. I don't like. Oh him. yeah, I still don't like I, him. It, 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 don't like him. I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I could say some other choice words, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not. not I'm fan. refraining. I'm refraining. But then the Hornets, man. Okay, we'll leave with the Rockets. Signing Gordon Hayward. They now only have nine. They had 36 million in cap. They only have nine million in cap. Gordon Hayward gets his bag. Oh yeah. Then they stretch and wave Nick Batum. Nick Batum is going to be a nine million dollar dead cap, meaning they're just going to pay nine million dollars for hit for him not to play for them. For yeah. him to actually play for the Los Angeles. Yeah. Clippers, now he signed with the Clippers. Where he's going, which is a solid signing for it them. It is. Very it's, it's a it's a great job of the Clippers of taking advantage of the situation in in Charlotte and Batum's contract was so bad that the Hornets finally just waived him and you know took that dead cap essentially and uh, the Clippers were kind of the team that that picked him up he was he was put onto the streets put into the into the free agency circle and the first team that got to him I guess or the team that got to him the best was the the Clippers because I know the the Rockets were showing some love for Nick Batum yeah. He was mentioned in some Russell Westbrook trade talks, but I mean, obviously that trade is not going to happen. Yeah, not anymore. Um, but they gen- the the Celtics generated the largest taxpayer ex- or uh, trade exception ever with yeah. the trade of Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Which whether they use it or not, who knows? But still, that's kind of crazy to think about in the entire history of the NBA. Yeah, super they, interesting. They made the biggest one. And then, with a player like Gordon Hayward. Yeah, swap just... swap some second round picks in there too. Not a huge deal. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what Danny H has up his sleeve, but. Yeah. Another thing, we talked about Boogie to the Rockets. His first team, the Kings get who? Hassan Whiteside back to the Kings. Kind of crazy. And uh, Frank Kaminsky, too. Yeah. Another big. Like a Wisconsin man. Big big cheese guy is Frank Kaminsky. That's Badger. It. And, you know, it's it's quiet. It's quiet in Sacramento, but I think they can be a little loud at the end of the year. I mean, you get Halliburton, you get De'Aaron Fox, and you have Hassan Whiteside. I mean, tools are in place for them to be a low they could find themselves in a play-in tournament, if I'm not mistaken. I think they, oh, they yeah. have the tools to be there. I think so. And they're on the come. I mean, Buddy, Buddy Heald. Yeah. I mean, Halliburton. Can you imagine a play-in tournament where it's like the Kings, the Hornets, and like the Magic? Oh, yes. I that like would be such. Magic. That would be such bad basketball, but great at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody just, wants to watch that, but yeah. like, it could happen. The fight to... Or I guess uh, the Kings are in the Western Conference, huh? So that's not going to happen, so but... It'd be like... What Kings Grizzlies? Yeah, and... Kings Grizzlies or something. Have yeah. have De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Healed with Halliburton I would say against Suns, uh... but they have Chris Paul now, so they're yeah, kind of they're, been, they're they kind bunt of... themselves up a couple of tiers. The yeah. boys, the Valley Absolutely. boys, the fellas. Maybe the Jazz fall off a little bit this year. Yeah. I don't know if I see that happening, but 
Maybe the Trailblazers fall off. I, I don't know. The The Western Conference, I think, is still a lot stronger than the nah, Western Conference. The Spurs. Yeah, I could see yeah. the Spurs down there. But, like, you know, I, I mean, how many teams are there that we think are, you know, def- definitive playoff teams in the West? It's kind of crazy. The Lakers, Clippers, Rockets. I would say the Nuggets, the Jazz. Um, yeah, I mean, I that, that top four of Did Lakers, I not say the Clippers. Trailblazers yet? No, the, the Blazers are going to, especially if they run. That's another one. Have. The Suns are seven. I've already named seven teams where we've said, like, oh, they're in the playoffs. So, like, I mean, it really isn't as simple as we think it is. The Western Conference has good teams from top to bottom. I mean, we just listed seven that we think are definite playoff teams, but that mm-hmm. leaves, what, one more spot for the other eight teams? Yeah. I mean, for the, for the Pelicans, who have Zion, Brandon Ingram, uh, the Suns, or no, I already said the Suns, the Grizzlies, who have Jaw. Uh, possibly, like you said, the Kings. I mean, with, even the uh, the all their the, signings, the Timberwolves with. You and know, you know who Edwards. we didn't? You know who we didn't mention yet? The Golden State Warriors. Yeah. So, I mean, there's kind there's of, so many kind teams in the West. The West ha- is it's a full house. A yeah. little San Francisco pun there, full house. Huh? Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't see the Lakers not making the playoffs. Definitely don't see the Clippers not making the playoffs. Denver's gonna make the playoffs. Rockets, I'm assuming, are gonna make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean. The, ja- thun- the jazz, Thunder are definitely there. aren't going to make it. Jazz are probably going. Jazz will be there with with Spida. Jazz will be there with with Spida and Gobert. Um, though, I mean, the Mavs with with Luca. You would think I mean, so. You would. You we, would at this point, so. we've literally got nine teams that we've named as like teams that we consider playoff teams. That's why I think it's so great because there's the balance of power. Because even in the Eastern Conference, the teams. I mean. As, love it or hate it, the Hornets were the ninth seed. Yeah, and, exactly. So the and they the brought Hornets, in Lamelo and yeah, Gordon they, Hayward. They just might make a run in the playoffs. They could. Uh, and Detroit's spending crazy money yeah. on Jeremy Grant of all people. <laughs> um, and you remember at the beginning of last season too, and everyone was saying that Hornets team was going to be like the worst team ever, like worse than that Nets team that won like twelve games in an eighty-two game season. Like they, people were literally saying it was going to be one of the worst teams ever. And then Devonte Graham goes out there, that they, Terry Rozier signing. I mean, they they ended up making a run, like you said, twenty three games. They won twenty three of them. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, Brooklyn's going to be better. The Sixers are going to be better. Miami, Indiana, Indiana, eh, probably. Boston, Toronto. I mean, all these teams can compete. I mean, yeah. Washington has a, a healthy John Wall now. Absolutely. So it that you know, we're, Denny we're, Avdia. Yeah, Denny. Denny Dimes. Ooh, ooh. Um, but I she, think this whole, trademark that I know like Denny and Denny and Danny. Just think if you would have went nice. to the Knicks, that would have been nice. A little little Giants Knicks crossover. But I, I love this whole ending of the super team era in the NBA, and we we were starting to see the balance of power being restored. Yeah. Yes, you still have Katie and Kyrie, you know, Stephen LeBron Clay, and AD, but it's not the big three you don't yeah. have any big threes it's a lot of big twos and it helps it helps it, it does it gives it you does. balance in the league Anything's and, and part possible. of it too honestly is just lebron coming out of his prime i mean mm-hmm. lebron carried that cavaliers team by himself willed that team yeah i mean kevin I mean, love kevin love was the best player he had most of those years. shout out matthew delavadova matthew delavadova like coming back to the Cavs. yeah on a being, oh yeah but still but I'm, he was in the a few years ago he was literally in the running for finals mvp because of lebron james exactly so i think this whole balance it's going to be a really interesting decade i will say that i think so too. there's going to be a the, lot of when new lebron talent. retires it's going to be wide open for who takes his just place just think of john his prime lucas as he's not even old to be oh, in yeah, his prime like 22 it's going to be fun in the nba yeah so and then we'll, we'll we'll close on another slow note something that we're, we're trying to look forward to but we really can't we had we got a signing in the mlb hot stove it was not really hot 
Yeah. Mike Miner to the Royals. How how exciting is that on a scale oh, of one to ten? Huge. I'm gonna put That's like that. a nine and not nine and a half. <laughs> Mike Miner. Mike Miner broke my scale. Oh my gosh! Signing of the year. Mike, has, he, has he already played for the Royals? Yeah, before? he's played for the Royals before. It's homecoming. He's, yeah, Beautiful. homecoming for Mike Miner. I'm gonna probably rate that like a point oh oh one two. Probably doesn't even like register. It's like a baby earthquake. It just doesn't re- register. <laughs> hey, he was good for him too. It. He was a reliever for I mean, him in he 2017. Was a, he was an all-star ERA. in 2019. So yeah. you know anything's possible. That, that's your one signing. Uh, Randy Arozarena had a little issue in Mexico. A little skirmish. A lot of people have had issues in Mexico. Even Randy <laughs> Rosarena. Um, we won't even touch in on that, but that's yeah. just crazy to hear about. And then lastly, before we head out, uh, just a rest in peace to Diego Maradona. Uh, just Solemn. a truly a legend of his time, legend of the sport. Absolutely. One of the best ever. Um, Messi played a really good tribute today after scoring a goal. Uh, unleashed a jersey in, in honor of Maradona. Yeah. It was just really, really, really good to watch. And, and he um, was coaching a team in Argentina too. I know the rest of the staff mm, after he, he after he passed, the rest of the staff resigned. Uh, that team, I don't, I haven't followed up on it. I don't know if they're going to finish the season, but uh, another good, you know. Yeah, and I mean, you for, hate to see them lose their jobs, but a, a great tribute mm-hmm. uh, by that team. And for a guy in Messi who grew up in Argentina, I mean that that's yeah, gotta absolutely. be so, that's got to be soul crunching for you. Oh right? yeah, that's terrible. That's, that's like. I mean, it honestly is comparable, I would say, to Kobe. Exactly. Like for for a person like Messi and even for just soccer players in general, because it's such an international sport where it's it's not even really defined as much by boundaries. I mean, I I don't think there are very many people in America where you where if you ask them who their favorite soccer player was, they would say Tim Howard. Exactly. They're they're going to say the Ronaldos, the Messi's, the Neymar's. Like it's such an international sport that it's not even just you know the kids that grew up watching Mar- Maradona in Argentina. It's across the world. I mean, he was such a a huge figure in soccer. I mean, apart from Pele, one of the biggest ever. And uh, for for him to pass is just such a such a surreal thing. Like so crazy. Most definitely, most definitely. So rest in power, Diego Maradona. Certainly one of the best to ever do it. So uh, yeah, man. Another week in the books. We're headed into December, home stretch of 2020, yeah. and. Got some fights. We got some basketball at the end of the month. Got college basketball this week. Oh, yeah. So a whole lot to look forward to. And uh, yeah. Hook them. whole lot. Yeah, hook them. Big game against Davidson Forks today. Forks up. Forks up. Shout out Greg Brown. Shout out Greg Brown. Dunk of the year candidate. Absolutely. So as always, hope you all have a good week. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Controlled Chaos. Really means a lot to both me and Owen. Follow us on Twitter at Controlled Chaos Pod. Me on Twitter at Wooly Zach. Owen at Owen Kiska with two eyes. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful week. Um, keep that some energy. Have a good one. Got me some sequins, genius. Everybody got their cups, but they ain't chipped in. Now these types of things happen all the time. You gotta get yours, but fool, I gotta get mine. See, everything is fine when you're listening to the DOG. I got the cultivating music that be captivating me.